Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. This is Seeking Sustainability Live. I'm your host, Yuji Walsh in Hiroshima. And today we are revisiting the amazing garden of Flow and Blaze in Iwakuni. Thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you for having us. It's great to have you again. So I was reminded, of course, researching for this talk, that you guys were in the very first episode. I had and, totally forgotten about that. And with uh, Thomas Klepfer, the farmer, John in Tokyo, who does urban farming, and Felix was translating. And yeah. then we followed up again um in june so exactly one year ago so it's so nice to catch up again now thank you guys so much thank you i always love your photos on instagram and it's it's great to hear about your progress so first let me show this you sh sent so many amazing photos Sorry. now <laughs> now this is your garden, let me see, in the first year. So right when you came to that house, tell us what the situation was. Remind us if we have a new audience here. Sure. Um, and well, as it turns out, um, something new that we found out since we last spoke, um, in pandemic times, our neighbors come by when we're in the garden and talk to us. It seems that a cousin of a neighbor used to live here. And uh, in that, in our garden space, there used to be like a really luxe Japanese style garden with a pond and a big old pine tree that was supposed to be beautiful. Um, yeah, there was a lot of rock structures, concrete structures, uh, decorative well, objects. And then those were cleared by basically being destroyed and then buried in the dirt. <laughs> well, I don't know if they were destroyed, but they were definitely cleared. And, uh, but that often happens in Japan, doesn't it? Before they want to rent out somewhere right. or even sell it, they are more likely to just raise everything right down to nothing and put gravel in because somehow that's seen as more attractive, maybe less work, right? Well, Not for us in the end, but yeah, it was just all gravel. <laughs> I, I've found that most Japanese don't like vegetation in their yard at all. I mean, when we came in, they had it completely covered with the, the black sheets and there was no, well, the weeds weren't even growing. And then since we took that sheet off, well, they came back to life. <laughs> right? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes when I talk to my neighbors as well, I think, why do they hate nature so much? You know, like they just—they well, would love—they love. would love just concrete and sweep up all the leaves, and you know, very controlled nature. But yeah. what you guys have created is is just stunning. Are the neighbors enjoying it now that they've seen the transformation? Oh, I think so. Yeah, they definitely come by, and they—they, they, uh, yeah. For one example, is there's our, we live on a hill, and there's this one lady that for the first year or so. Um, she would always just grunt up the hill, walking up and like, ah, oh, making these noises. And then after a year or so, now she's like, ah, oh, kire, and stops. <laughs> so, and then Blaze, his mother knows some people in the neighborhood and they say they talk about it. Yeah, we have neighbors come over. They're just, they're surprised that there's 
edible stuff in their yard, in, mm. you know, in the yard. So they're used to having some kind of pine or very specific flowers in pots along the walls. There, or if there is trees or anything in the yard, it's, it's more decorative, nothing practical. So the fact that they, we, a couple weeks ago, we had a couple of local ladies walk through our yard and they were surprised at how much food we were able to grow in that little area. Yeah, we invited the men to walk around and um, they were like, oh, you're growing this and that and this and that. And what is that? <laughs> yeah, fun. you guys are growing a lot of food. It's really impressive. Um, I think we talked about it last time. You Did you have a plan, like exactly what you wanted to grow at what time of year? Or did it just come at a whim or from what's available in the garden center? All the above. All the above. <laughs> All the above. Yeah, I wanted to grow herbs because I already had some herbs. We came here with a lavender plant, a rosemary plant, and the biwa plant, um, and oregano. A couple of the things I used to have at the old apartment, and maybe from even when I lived in Hiroshima. Um, and beyond that, no plan. And then yes to what's available at the garden center. And then once I discovered some websites that sell plants, um, what was available on there as well. Well, you, you also have these beautiful baskets filled with your decorations. Tell me about your mandala design oh. hobby. That's gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I just like to play with the plants, basically. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's very like just being out in the garden is already very peaceful, right? Um, well, calming um, overall. Um, and then just playing with the flowers and arrange them in designs is I just makes me happy. I'll do it for hours and hours, as Blaze can attest to. She's gonna she's gonna do the the rainbows for you. I'm gonna tell you this right now. This time of season. <laughs> yes. No, it hurts. There's so many mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the calm is like in the winter or something, but right now I can't go out there without being fully covered. Long sleeves, button uh, a you know, towel around my neck, button to the neck. A hat on. I had a mosquito net on the other day, um, and I have to wear gloves. If I don't wear gloves, then I get bitten on my hands. Um, uh, long sleeves. I wore I wore winter socks out there because it bite bite me through my socks. Uh, long pants. Yeah, uh, it is, is actually not very. Are long, there are there too <laughs> many mosquitoes out there right now to give us a little walk through? Oh gosh, yes. I'm not. It's covered. too many. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I fully like hazmat up to get out there. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's one of those bittersweets, you know, you can get, you can get your harvest, you can take care of plants. It's, it's, they're very healthy and green right now. And there's a lot of other healthy, well, wildlife out there that don't want you there. <laughs> yeah, they, they are ruthless. Uh, I'm just going to go back real quick to when you asked me about the plan. I also, um, did I have a plan for the garden? Uh, the other thing I, that one thing I did have a plan for was I wanted it to be pollinator friendly. Um, that was a definite intent. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I see that you have some beautiful pictures of butterflies and the birds and some caterpillars. Of course, you, you have to find that happy balance, right? Between mm -hmm. the caterpillars and the bugs eating your food that you want to eat versus, you know, the pollinators that you want to support, right? Right. Um, grubs, uh, Blaze is in charge of. Uh, they don't do anything good for our garden. And he uh, 
takes care of them. Uh, I figure that the if we pull off the caterpillars and they can live on top of our compost pile on whatever they were chewing on, that's cool. <laughs> um, I'm not as friendly. <laughs> Blaze doesn't kill the caterpillars um, that I say not to kill. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about compost for a minute. Tell oh. us what how you're doing the compost because uh, last time we talked, that was a really important part of your garden system, right? Yeah, we're making the compost tea, um, and that seems to be working really well for us. Um, uh, we have I uh, like a basically a huge trash can um, that we are using with the excuse me, <clears throat> the what is it? The coso? No. No, it's just an enzyme. It's an enzyme. Yeah. Um, so. The, the the trash can bucket that she's referring to is is a commercial uh, composting bin that has a spigot on the bottom to release the tea. So with that, we we fill that up with you know regular kitchen scraps uh, that that get constantly put in there every day, and then so every so every couple of days we cover it with enzyme and then more more compost and then. That one has a limit to how much you can put in. So once the tea's done making them, will that go? That will go on our uh, composting area. Oh, we have a raised bed. Oh, we're, that... we're frozen. Oh, oh, are we frozen? Oh shoot! You guys look okay to me. Oh, oh no, okay. we're fine. All right. Um, we're stuck. We're, we're, we're stuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, so there, we do have a one by uh, one by one meter uh, squared off area that we use as a. It was a planter uh, box, and then right now it, it has all of our yard scraps in it. Any of the clovers that we uh, basically, when the lawn is cut, we screw, we collect those up. Any weeds that are pulled up, any uh, cuttings from the, the everything plants, goes in there. yeah, everything goes in there, and then that will be churned uh and, and well that is the actual compost pile and then that will turn into uh fertilizer or covering for the other areas in the future we've we've lifted that out and used it for the bottoms of new beds before and we do add cardboard to that um and turn it right whenever it needs to be turned and you had, when I visited, I think it was around last year when I visited as well, and you had these raised beds and you were doing compost in different areas, depending on heat. You guys had it really down to a great science and you attributed it to lots of YouTube videos. Is that right? <laughs> YouTube is, is basically, our entire garden is based off of some kind of YouTube video with various links. And, you know, if we go to a different website, it was basically a suggested from one of those videos. So, yeah. Blaze is a little bit more about the YouTube videos these days than I am. Um, I'll, I'm using, like, I'll look up a specific plant and uh, look up when I should be pruning it and when I should be um, sowing seeds or where it should be planted. Um, but... I think we've run our course on certain videos unless it's yeah. absolutely new information. Uh, our biggest thing so far is, well, you know, lessons learned type thing from you know, the years, uh, the short period of time we've been here. We know that certain plants will not grow in certain parts of the yard. 
why we don't know but they don't and we've had some surprising successes and some surprising failures but i think that slowly we'll find out what will grow in certain areas and then increase productivity is that consistent like the same things don't seem to work but by season they'll be okay or is it just location like how much sun and water they're getting it's it, I believe it's the way the sun comes over our house mm. because we do have other houses in the area. And then in the summer, the whole garden technically gets full sun during the summer, but even still it they react differently. you know, like we had okra plants and uh, where they were last year, we found that they were heavily attacked by, um, ants. ants and critters throughout the growing season and then this year they seem completely clean mm, and really they have been planted and, and pruned and taken care of the same exact way but this in the current location I believe it gets more sun and, or it's not in a it, the other, last year was kind of in a corner where it seemed to have a little bit more humidity and I think that made a big difference yeah, basically what's become our compost, uh, permanent compost bed is because nothing will grow there really well. Um, and then last year we had some, so no, we do not know. It's not determined. And it's only been two seasons. I think we're still rotating things out and seeing. Um, we do know potatoes will grow anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys seem to have a real bountiful harvest for tomatoes and potatoes and Lots of fruit. You guys were growing a lot of fruit, right? How did that go? Um, I think it's going to keep on getting better. Uh, we uh, realized, uh, Blaze realized that we had to um, cull our raspberry plants. I didn't know. Did you know that uh, because raspberries are called kiichigo? Do you know why? No. Um, because ichigo, strawberries, they grow with runners, right? Um, but uh, raspberry plants instead of the runners being on the ground they grow under the ground so a new plant like instead of a new plant appearing on top of the ground like with strawberries raspberries send it out suckers under the ground and grow up a new plant from there um and so when you have too many of those happening uh then you don't end up with as much fruit so blaze went and got badly bitten by mosquitoes and um, pulled out 13 of those and we managed to give those away and yeah. um, so at first when we saw I thought it was just growing turning into right. a we just thought it was a big old plant but it ended <laughs> up being that there was anywhere from 10 to 20 new plants that were well they were too tightly packed so they wouldn't fruit they were just taking up area so now that we've um, culled that and we put about half of what we culled on the compost pile and um, we're getting raspberries every day and the blueberries, you know, we realized that we needed two root blueberry plants, a little slow on that. But yeah, now we have two blueberry plants and we'll have blueberries this, uh, this later this summer, I think. Um, and also trying for passion fruit, um, trying for goji berries and uh, gooseberries and hozuki, um, which are ground cherries. Wow. Yeah. Now, it looks like you're also growing some things in pots. So why would you choose to grow things in pots versus put it in the ground or 
do you do anything in the ground directly or do you choose raised bed? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Uh, so this year we have increased our pepper selections. Oh, yeah. So last year our hot peppers included like the, you know, the Asian chilies, the Japanese takanotsume. Um, and that was about it for, but this year we're, we were like, uh, let's, let's grow some different ones. And then we, we planted some seeds and they didn't seem to take. And then Flo ordered some from an online store. And then we found some at a DIY. <laughs> and we ended up with like nine different types of hot peppers. And we're like, well, this ain't good. Cause well, peppers cross pollinate. And then, so if you have a regular green pepper and a spicy pepper next to it, well, one turns spicier than it's supposed to, and the other one turns milder than what it's supposed to, and then they change. Well, to prevent that in the best way possible, we start started separating them with the pots, and that's how that started. And then, well, well we have some extra room, uh, and then we had failed crops, and then we were wanting to test out the planters so like this year we one of our unexpected failures was our uh snow peas yeah beans because they're, they're usually they grow like weeds but they completely died out within a month of them being planted we had so many snow peas last year and just this year no go um a secondary part of why we're planting some things in pots this year is simply space i wanted too many plants <laughs> And then you have the versatility, I guess, of moving it around. So if it's something you're not sure how much light they need, you could keep an eye on it by having it in a pot. Is that right? There's that too, for sure. Oh, uh, oh well, also, one other thing is uh, I wanted uh, apple trees. And so we have two apple trees and we just don't have a place to put those apple trees. And we, you can increase the size of the pot incrementally by year. And so um, that we can control. Uh, and a few other things that we just don't have a place that we want to make permanent for them, we've put in pots. Right. Also, and what is the rationale behind the raised beds versus in the ground? Is that to avoid weeds as well uh, as other things? Well, I, I think that's a, a happy side effect. The, the fact that the ground here was so bad that there was no way to well fix that without years of time and you know, just i don't know how much time it would have took to take the, it, it was basically ground up concrete and then turning that back into actual soil would have been a ridiculous amount of work and effort so and it was basically it was the boxes are just enclosures for dirt uh, dirt that's all it is so <laughs> so in the we had to create an environment that seeds and seedlings will take root to instead of trying to, because our initial herb garden was our the well the crap that was there with compost mixed in, thinking that it, you know it should be okay, and they struggled. It took twice as long for stuff to take root, and except for the oregano. Oh, uh, that's the oregano special. <laughs> we brought over dirt from our pet cemetery <laughs> at, to to bring it back to life. I don't know, but the we had herbs. Flo uh, bought some like like our first year. We put sage and even chamomile, which is like a weed, didn't thrive like they should have mm. because of the dirt. 
So that's where the decision was. The decision came to create or build enclosures so that we could fill them up with dirt and, and, and bagged compost to at least get a starter. Mm. And now, in honesty, the areas where the boxes are probably do not need the box anymore because now they've been there enough time, you know, for long enough that the ground underneath has nutrients in it now. So even even within the two years that you've been starting the garden, you've been able to notice that the the soil is getting better because of composting and and watering and taking oh. care of the ground. Have you? Yeah, well, I mean, just having the the plant life on there is breaking up the ground, right? I mean, um, uh, and we've added so much dirt and compost to the top of almost every part of the garden as well. Um, so, yeah, it has made a difference, definitely. And I also, I have pictures that I don't know if I sent of just buckets of rocks. I spent weeks just crawling around the garden picking out big rocks, and <laughs> little rocks, all the rocks I could. I had uh, different size rocks because I was OCD about it. I'm like, this size rock goes in that bucket. <laughs> um, did you sort them by shape as well? I, mean, I, did, yeah, I did. The round ones I put in one bucket and the sharp um, granite ones uh, I put in another bucket. <laughs> I love your attention to detail. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, we have Louise joining us from New Zealand. We have Molly joining us from the U.S. Are you in Cincinnati? Is that right, Molly? I forgot. It's wonderful to have you guys here talking about gardening in Japan. Now, Blaze and Flo, you have just done an amazing job. And Blaze, I see your corn is taller than you. Is that right? It is. And uh, I wish I could be a little prouder of that corn, but it has kind of let me down. And oh no! It's not, it's not all the corn's fault either, and we've we've tried, and that's one of the ones that we're still working on to get. Mm. Like this year's crop harvest is significantly better than what we had last year. We moved its location. That yeah. one photo that you're you're looking at probably is last year's corn, and we only got like two ears of corn out of all that. And we moved it this year, which tripled them on the sun that it got and and they grew better they're all you know they were all a consistent height um and they all did fruit and the corn was good we you yeah, know delicious. but i don't think that it fruited as much as it should have yeah i want to know um and what we can do about the ants yeah and yeah. then we had a lot of aphids and ants just attacking it and we tried all kinds of stuff i sprayed it with uh various like neem oil and those lavender and soap yeah and then and then for and then we tried diatomaceous earth for like took care of the the roly polies that's that's a it was great if you don't like roly polies (laughs) i highly suggest you use some diatomaceous earth Roly polies are supposed to be really good for taking out heavy metals from the ground. And so that's great um, because probably with all the fill that we had here, um, there were probably a lot of heavy metals. But I think that we've had we've had so many roly polies and they would eat every single little young plant that we had and um, that we had too many roly polies. Uh, The pill bugs. It was ridiculous. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
The, you need a cat. The cats love to play with those oh, and no, just keep rolling yeah, them around. No, no, no. no. I know. Really, I know how really you guys is. feel about cats. I know. I know. Uh, Rebecca has also joined, says oh. it looks amazing. I hope to see it in person sometime soon. And Molly says that. she's in Pittsburgh. Oh. So, yeah. Um, have you guys, I mean, I know in the States now they're really suffering with the heat wave. Oh, God. I, I noticed you had a beautiful aloe flower. Are you starting to think about more uh, plants that need less water and can survive more in the heat? Is that something you're trying? I'm thinking about two things. Um, one, I mean, plants that can survive under extreme conditions. Uh, I, we're gonna, I think we're going to end up with um, more extreme droughts and definitely possibly longer winters as well. So what plants are uh, both drought and cold tolerant? Yeah, I, I don't, as far as planning, you know, it's come up, but the current current layout does not support that yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we still have a lot of water intensive plants, you know, the peas, the cucumbers, the tomatoes. But so that's why I ordered so, the go goji berry and the gooseberry because they um, do very well. It seems um, they're new for us, but what I've read is they do well, will do well under extreme conditions, not a lot of water and um, cold. So yeah, definitely thinking about climate change in terms of the garden. I think that's always really good to think about. But of course, the things that do well in the heat, often they don't do well in the cold. So I saw you had a frost, maybe moving plants in and out is really hard, but it'll help them survive. Um, Molly says, the more corn you grow, the more pollen there is. I go out and rub the ears of corn together to pollinate them. All right. Fellow corn grower. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it was definitely better this year. Uh, and so we had how many plants in one one meter square um, raised bed? Twelve. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, they were I think as tight as we would want them to be. Um, but we did not rub them. Uh, we also do have an issue with our squashes, uh, our zucchinis having only male flowers. Is it or female flowers? No, females. Female flowers. I, I mean, I, it's it's to it's not even to that issue. One like just melted. Yeah, it was weird. It just disappeared. <laughs> so some of the plants that we haven't had any real success with, we've had occasional success with, but not consistent success with, have been our zucchinis. I love I love squashes, and um, uh, yeah, the zucchinis just up and die sometimes. Um, we've got a couple good ones, and then nothing. Uh, and um, also leafy vegetables of all things. Um, I look at, you know, I have leafy vegetable envy when I go online. I see people with all these mountful harvests of vegetables that are um, salad greens, and we're not having a lot of luck with that. We'll put them in the shade. We'll uh, put them in containers. We'll put them in the raised beds. Um, still, yeah, they just, they'll, they bolt immediately, even in the shade. We're not sure why. Yeah. Uh, Molly says the climate change has really changed what she grows and when she grows it. So mm -hmm. I imagine that's true for a lot of gardeners. Let's talk about how you use all the things that grow well. So I'm showing a picture of some of the foods that you guys make. I know you're both very good cooks. Uh, tempura, salads, pickles. Um, what kinds of other foods are you making? Are you jamming anything? 
Not yet. Uh, we found a way to use most of it without having to. I mean, apparently our harvest is not big enough to the point where we have to consider canning yet. And I think we will with tomatoes. We this want year. to. Yeah, tomatoes yeah. will probably start canning because somehow we have. We got a little overzealous with. They're they're everywhere, and they're... <laughs> and tomatoes really readily volunteer in places. And um, Blaze has a habit of just chucking ones that aren't any good just over his shoulders. Tomato plants are literally everywhere. <laughs> so they, uh, but as for the 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 use of them, I I try to find a way to use it throughout the week. So Blaze cooks fresh food every day. I may or may not be a good cook, but I basically no longer cook because Blaze is a trained um, uh, cook and he does it very fast and he um, gets home before I do. And um, he loves me very much. <laughs> so I- um, Hey, if you have anybody in the house willing to cook, I take that as a win. Yeah, Definitely, right. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so he, so um, we, I do post all my, uh, all of Blaze's food photos on Instagram at Iwakuni Kitchen, um, and uh, yeah, so you can see there um, what he does with the things that we have. The gorgeous dishes I'm showing right now. Um, Molly says, try growing zucchetta. It's a vining summer squash, though. I let it grow across my fence. Mm, huh. Zucchetta. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, now, speaking yeah. of things that you do do, Flo, yeah. uh, you you are very good at creating like beauty products, teas, mm. those kinds of things. Let's talk about that a little bit. I'm showing pictures of some of the herbs or maybe lavender or other things in jars. What are you okay. making there? Different kinds of tonics or something? Um, the face oil I currently use um, for night is a uh, calendula and lavender infused in uh, a blend of oils that I chose for my face. Um, so I'll make facial oils. I'll make scrubs um, like salt and sugar body scrubs. Um, I want I I make the past year or so I make gifts for people for Christmas. Um, uh, bags of dried herbs for. Um, teas and yeah this year i want to make um herb salt and um some herb vinegars and infused oils as well yeah that's awesome i i think when i visited you also had some homemade mosquito repellent that you had made oh, yeah. from herbs and things uh, very that one talented. I essential oil for um that i buy but i've been making that um that blend for god i don't know how long ages and ages now uh, it's cooling. <laughs> it I, works briefly, but our bugs are bad. And I thought a little bit about sending you some of the photos I've taken of my bug bites. I got bitten um, by a buyo. Um, do, do you know what buyo are? No. What is that? Um, buyo are I don't remember what the, the English word is it, but but they're little flies, and they cause um, swelling and fever. Uh, and uh, I've been badly bitten by buyo a few times now but this one i had to go to the doctor for i it like made it so that i uh could not comfortably walk or sit it was like a goiter on my leg basically oh, um no it was just so swollen and so hot to the touch and then after i got bitten on a saturday after coming home from work and then by that evening 
it was just incredibly large and hot and painful. And then within a couple of days, the center of it began to get hard. Like it was, it was like this big, this bite. And oh. like, yeah. And it was like this far away from my thigh. Oh my gosh. Um, I've, was, yeah. I've heard of that happening with horse flies. They can have nasty, <laughs> nasty cuts, but maybe midges. That sounds like midges or some kind of allergic. If I wasn't using my phone for this, I'd look it up right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm showing on screen, you use some kind of flower or herb to make this really beautiful light blue colored tea. Oh, right. Yeah, that's common mallow. Um, and uh, that was really interesting that that tea got that um, beautiful blue green color. And then I didn't finish the pot. And by the time I, I left it there on the table, and I woke up in the morning, and it was clear again, which I think is really interesting. Most teas, you know, deepen in color. Um, but by morning, it was clear. And then there's not there's another one I sent you that's globe amaranth um, that turns uh, the water pink, um, really pretty pink. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Uh, we have some ideas here. Um, Molly says, uh, we have wolf spiders that bite and I react the same way. Mm. And Rebecca says, maybe sand flies. Oh, that's it. Sand fly. Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Although, no, yeah, I don't know. Um, the other day, I'm, I'm on a Facebook group called Japan Gardening and somebody posted a helpful link that uh, was helpful enough that I didn't retain its actual information in my brain because I could click on it later uh, about about Buyo and what their name is in English. Um, but yeah, you don't want to get bitten by Buyo. Little kids, if they get bitten by Buyo, can really end up with a bad fever. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm with you. If I go in the garden to do any kind of work that I'm going to be out there for a little while, I know there's lots of bugs. I have one of those jackets that has the fan in it. Oh, so nice. I, I look like the Michelin man, but it <laughs> keeps me cool and I'm completely covered. <laughs> I'm going to have to get one of those because honestly, like I, I don't mind weeding at all. Um, but our garden is really overrun right now with weeds where they shouldn't be because um, where I don't want them. Um, because I have, I'm not willing to go out there and sweat under my um, fully covered self, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah, I should get one of those. Well, Yes. When I was when I was volunteering cleanup for some of the landslides in Hiroshima, I bought that because I saw the construction workers who were wearing it, and I was like, I wonder if they work. And it was about five thousand yen, so not too bad, about fifty bucks. Um, definitely worth the investment. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Rechargeable um, battery inside. Um, right. I'm okay. I'm showing on, on screen the bright pink tea that you were talking about and your little tractor, your little rolly tractor <laughs> that saves saves your back. Oh, and, please, yes. And your yeah. bath bath bomb. Oh, yes. Your, yeah, those are great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Rebecca says peppermint oil is really good at keeping the sand flies away. Right. I mean, I, I, mean, I know the oils that I can use. I do. Um, but uh, if you're out there in this heat, you're sweating them off. Um, and for, in order to be out in the garden for it to be at all productive, I'm out there for, you know, an hour to five hours, honestly. Um, and I just can't keep reapplying, you know. Um, the, the best thing is simply to cover your skin, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And, and Molly is saying as well, rosemary is a good repellent for flies. Mm -hmm. 
um, the the katori senko, the Japanese, you know, in, um, coiled Mosquito incense. Coils. Yeah, those work really well, actually. Um, if we and we have them play, but it's just a matter of place. I don't know. I guess I'm. Uh, I have to decide. I'm going to go out there, decide to fully cover up, and then decide to place them or ask place to place them around the garden. Like we have six of them. Like six, like it, corner, corner, middle, middle, front, front. Um, it's just fog in the yard. Yeah, I. I, uh... I that's the only way to make sure you don't get bitten. Wow, that's wild. Um, tell us about your little scooter. How does that help your back? I think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm not using it so much these days um, because honestly, like, there's so much growth everywhere. Uh, I was using that a lot when I was picking rocks out of the ground. <laughs> um, but instead of bending over, you know, you're sitting on there and the, the seat swivels. So you can scoop forward and swivel and scoop forward and swivel and, and be that much closer to the ground without crouching or kneeling. Wow. Okay. How about the bath bombs? Are you putting some of these beautiful flowers, dried flowers in the bath bombs? That would be fun. Yeah. I made those before we had flowers. Um, so if I do that again, I would definitely, I think, add some flowers to be pretty. But there's a question. Um, you know, I, I like bath bombs and a lot of bath bombs do have a lot of stuff in it. Like, do people just drain that stuff out of their bath? What, like, it makes a mess. <laughs> what do what, you do what is stuff? in it? How do you make it? What's it made of? Um, it's made out of uh, basically baking soda and um, uh, citric acid. No, not salt. Um, baking soda and citric acid. Wow. And water. I just a had of water and a mold. And the pressed pressed together for yeah those, those were made in the muffin tin um but the muffin tin ones you really can't you're supposed to i mean it's just a, it's a fast way but you can't physically press it or i can't press it hard enough um consistently enough that uh you end up with a nice hard pressed bath bomb um i have another little plastic contraption that you use but that makes one round bath bomb at a time and it has to sit there for an hour so that's really labor intensive and time intensive um, when I've looked up how to make bath bombs with other molds, um, nice molds that would the, that provide pressure are actually fairly pricey. And I can see why, because the alternatives are really ineffective. <laughs> uh, when you were talking about uh, growing, having trouble growing like salads, but mm -hmm. it looks like you did really well with basil, oregano, and other like herbs. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, our herb garden is good. I think we're good with our. Herb yeah, garden. I, I think I think we our first year of basil we struggled because we didn't know how to prune it properly, and then from there on, once I once I figured out you know what part to prune, we we harvest a lot of basil every year, mm. and then because uh, it you it gotta wait you know once you'll know once your basil plant gets to the point where it's ready to produce. It, it's it's a slow growing plant at first. And then once it hits that, the point where it shows your the, the coming of the first flower or that bud, from there on out, it, every time you start pruning it, it just doubles in size. And it's so you're just pinching off at, at a juncture. Yeah, and mm -hmm. if, you, if you do that in the right time, and not, you know, every day, basically every day. It, it'll, double in size i mean like, well i mean size to be clear is, is bushiness right yeah. 
So it, it gets it gets to be the point where if we needed three cups of basil to make pesto at any given time, it's there. We're really happy with our bay laurel tree. Um, the bay, like you have to buy bay leaves, right? Why? Um, we will never have to buy leaves, bay leaves again, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's a lot of leaves. It's a, yeah. It took a couple of years, but it, it's, it's, it's significantly bigger now. Mm. Can you smell it? Like when the wind passes through it, it seems like your herb garden would have a oh, beautiful yeah. smell. No? Not really. No. Oh, the well. dill. The dill. <laughs> the dill is strong. That's, when the flowers are in bloom, you can smell the flower, the pollen. Definitely. Yeah, but as for the actual herb smells, I don't smell the basil or... I mean, if you touch it at all. Yeah, if you touch if you, it. If you touch any of it, then yes, you'll definitely um, smell it. Um, but, if you brush against it, if you pull a weed near it, yeah. But the dill, I can smell the I lost you guys. Can you hear me? Oh, you guys are frozen. Are you there? Uh-oh. Frozen. Hello. I'll show some of the other beautiful garden photos. Can you guys hear? So growing cauliflower. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Louise. We can't hear you guys. If you can hear us. Yeah, great growing, right? Uh, Molly says, I have one of those garden scooters. They're great for saving your knees and back. Definitely. Uh, I see a lot of gardeners in Japan using like small uh, stools, like you would see in the hot baths in the onsens and uh, moving that around. But having a scooter, something that you don't have to stand up and lift and move, it just moves with you. That would be a lot easier, right? Are you guys there? I can hear something. Yeah, so rewarding to harvest and eat. Definitely, Louise. Are you growing anything in your garden in New Zealand? You're going into winter now, so it must be a little bit more tricky. Uh, Onion Muffin says, do you have a walking cane? So maybe a cane is also helpful to save your back, right? You too. And flow moves a bit. Yeah. Ah, oh, looks like we've lost them. I wanted to hear more about Flo's beautiful Christmas designs. I know Christmas seems a long way off, but sometimes when we're hot, it's nice to look at Christmas things and feel cooler. She made this beautiful, like natural Christmas tree with green peppers and red tomatoes. Do you see in the top left? And then a rosemary, uh, what is it called? That you hang on your door. I'm having a, a mental block for a wreath, a rosemary wreath. And then she, like she said before, she was packaging up some of the dried herbs and dried flowers for tea and giving that as Christmas presents. So lovely. Uh, looks like they're trying to join again. So hopefully they can, yeah, wreath. Thank you, Louise. Are we back on? I can hear you. Yay. Yay. So I just, uh, uh, 
got it on the iPad. Yeah, the iPad. Oh, app. okay. Great, great, great. Um, so I'm... I am putting, give me a, a second here and tripod okay. for that. Okay. Three That's awesome. devices later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a few a few problems getting connected initially. I'm glad you guys got back on. I'm introducing your yeah, beautiful you, Christmas, like you said, you, for Christmas, the packets of dried flowers um, and different herbs mm. that you gave people. Also, the green peppers with the mini red tomatoes, like a mini Christmas tree, the rosemary wreath <laughs> that you did. That must have smelled wonderful, the rosemary wreath. The people that I gave them to um, said that they used the rosemary. And so there was rosemary and thyme and marjoram and some of them as well. I mean, one of the things about doing that is I, I mean, I love shopping, but uh, it's, you know, um, I do like the idea of just the, the, the love and heart that goes into making something and giving it to somebody, but also not buying something exactly. Um, just not buying stuff, right? Uh, when you give gifts. Comes, it comes with the personal touch. It's fantastic. And this is stuff that you just can't really buy in the stores very easily. And we know that it comes from your garden. So it's more special. <laughs> Thanks. So, so what did you have a real bounty of? Or what are you expecting to have a wonderful harvest of soon? As we're coming up to the, so the far, height cucumbers. of growing season. Cucumber. Cucumbers the, are doing well. Our cucumbers are ridiculous this year. Uh, we are we we moved them again. Uh, so the same concept. We we built a trellis and I had to climb up it. And uh, but uh, I think the location that we have it now doesn't get as much sun as it did last year. And I think that is preventing the ground from drying out because they're so water intensive. So that's helping them. Uh, tomatoes. Um, We're going to have buckets of tomatoes. Yeah. Last year we, <laughs> last year we had a pretty good tomato harvest, but it was late. Mm. Like there wasn't a lot of. We were harvesting tomatoes until December. Yeah. But we didn't start until September. Really? Yeah. We were getting one or that. two. We weren't getting the full bunches on the vines. Oh, like we started, but they didn't start. Yes, but they, yeah. we didn't get fruit right, until September. Yeah. Now, the first, the first flowering or fruiting of the plant is, is huge bunches of every type of tomato that we have planted. So mm -hmm. apparently the location did make a difference because it's the same type of soil compost that we use. And then this year, it's just, I think it's just location changed it. That's awesome. But, uh, I, I went to a great cafe yesterday, just past Kude in at the beach, and they are doing this beautiful like ratatouille, and she's using oh. all the local tomatoes from the Kudahashi area, which apparently is really famous, and uh, also white eggplant, which is also oh, from the local oh. area, which is so unique, right? right? And it was yeah. so delicious. And I said, what is the umami? Like, what is your depth of flavor? Because it was vegan. So I knew she wasn't using fish or chicken stock or anything. And she mm. said it was miso. She's using right. miso as the base. And it was just so delicious. So I, I've been putting miso in everything, too. That's my, <laughs> my latest secret ingredient. Have you nice. found some compost treasures 
like from your compost area, has anything grown up that you didn't expect? Potatoes. What? Potatoes, and that shit Potatoes. was avocados. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had one nice avocado tree for a while. Uh, it didn't survive this past week. Well, we didn't know but... how. We didn't know you are supposed to keep cutting it. <laughs> uh, but there was a question up there about yellow and orange tomatoes. Uh, we do have both. Uh, they're both uh, the smaller, sweet, plum-type tomatoes. Mm. And uh, they are fruiting now. We just harvested the other day. That was our first harvest. They they came out the first handful of them. They're actually very sweet. They're very nice. Mm. We got right. sugar plum, blackberry, the yellow, the orange. And you've got. Yeah, last. I'm showing okra and green peppers and eggplant. Is that all recent or is that from last summer? Oh, the eggplant is both. We've um, or no, the if it's your two photos, it's going to be the end of last year and not this year yet. They're not ready yet. Oh, no, we've had two eggplants. No, we've had, we've had a good bit of eggplants. We've had... This year? Yeah, we've had four, four, the next batch. Okay. The first, the first flowering, we, we got, we got a couple off of there, the early flowers. And then right now the, we have three eggplant uh, plants and each one of them has four, four to six eggplants on them. So mm. it, it's a significant better harvest than last year. Once again, that was a different location, too. That one has less sun than last year. Last year, we put it in full sun all day, and apparently it didn't like that. Yeah, let's talk about your flowers, because you guys have such a gorgeous variety of flowers. Is is that all from seed, or you buy it from the garden center? Um, those are mostly no, it, maybe two-thirds seedlings and one-third seed, I would say. Yeah. So the seed from the seeds, we we have a lot to work on when it comes to seeds. Uh, I think it's just you know a little bit more experience that we're gonna need under that one. Certain certain seeds we have no problems; they come right up. But apparently we can't keep them alive when it comes to leafy plants, and then when it comes to uh, other vegetables. I had a, I had a really really hard time getting peppers to to sprout. Flowers, I understand that, but okay. I mean for the when it comes to the flowers, we had the same issue. She had a whole thing of bergamot didn't come through. So frustrating. And then we had other plants that she planted and didn't even realize that she forgot that she planted them because it took forever for them mm. to germinate. So the echinacea is coming up though, so I'm happy about that. So when it comes to flowers, when the seeds, it's kind of hit and miss at the moment. The nigella that I've got in the front garden that's gone to seed now, um, that was from from seed. Um, I can't think. Yeah, Are you buying seeds for from abroad or just from Japan? Are you uh, saving any from previous year's oh. flowers that you're reusing? Uh, definitely saving some. Um, uh, I'll save some of the, I mean, Hollyhock really readily self seeds, but I'll go ahead and save a lot of those and give those away if anybody wants some hollyhock flowers. And the mallow also, I'm pretty sure, will readily self seed. Um, and they're massive seeds too, so they're really easy to keep track of. Um, yeah, uh, the coriander, especially the cilantro, we're uh, the, our really good cilantro crop this year, and that all came up from seeds that I'd saved from last year. We know that they grow well here and um, I wasn't sure, so when we had sewed them, um, sewn, sewn them uh, 
in February inside, um, I just put a bunch in the pots and like, I think every single one of them came up. It was stupid. There were, <laughs> there were uh, just so many little cilantro seedlings and then we planted those outside and those were worth saving the seeds for. Are you doing any sunflowers? Because I saw a news story about all oh, the sunflowers that have been coming up everywhere in Texas. And I know you're from oh. Texas, Flo, and right. I thought of you. All right. Yeah, um, I, I, I probably will do sunflowers sometime, but uh, you can eat the seeds, yes. But I guess um, it they're pretty, um, they're cheerful, but besides the seeds, I can't really do anything else with them. Um, whereas with the mallow, I could possibly uh, try dyeing. Um, with the hollyhock, also I can dye, try dyeing. I could make little arrangements that I like. And also the teas. They have medicinal benefits um, as flowers. Um, yeah, I'll probably try growing a sunflower sometime just because. But um, with the space that we have, I kind of want things to add something that big to have more than one purpose. I was going to ask you about that because you've got these beautiful colors coming from the flower teas. Um, do you ever do any clothes or fabric dyeing? That would be the obvious next step. Well, I just bought um, some, I don't remember what kind of alum it is, but some alum to help use as a mordant to help the dye stick. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got the, the mallow plants, I think are nearing the end of their season. I could, they're just the, the, the stems, the trunks are like trunks are so massive and they're falling over into their own weight and doesn't look pretty anymore. So I'll probably just harvest all those and pull those out and we'll start growing something else there for now. And so I'll have a massive amount of mallow flowers, um, way more tea than, um, I think I or any of my friends will want to drink. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to try dyeing something. You know, I've got some old cotton shirts. Uh, I can just, you know, play around and see what goes, what happens. Yeah, that's exciting because I've I've heard from uh, Cowdy, Thomas's wife, the organic yeah. farmer, and she has a textile company, and she talks about using nice. persimmon leaves for dyeing and lots of different kinds of herbs or flowers. It'd be great to do. A, Her a colors are gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, if she does a workshop sometime, I would ask Blaze to drive us out there. Right. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> well, now the vaccines are coming in, maybe we can start doing mm. things in person again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm happily, we're both happily vaccinated. Just FYI. Yay. Oh, yay. Congratulations. <laughs> um, Molly, Molly says, French marigolds planted around and between the veggies will help repel aphids and attract pollinators. My grandma right, yeah. taught me about that. Thanks, Molly. Thank you, Molly. Yes. Um, I keep telling Blaze that. He's not, he's, um, he, he'll, he, he doesn't seem to like French marigolds very much. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, yes. Well, so, thank you so much, Molly, because maybe he'll to, actually do it. Apparently we need to, because <laughs> there's a lot of aphids and I apparently like them less than I do the flowers. <laughs> Yeah, he always calls my flowers that don't actually have a purpose weeds. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, um, I think it's about time that we actually do start growing the French marigolds. But it's funny, though, uh, when we first moved in, um, I did plant some French marigolds with our tomatoes, and they just didn't grow, which is really odd, because 
I had French marigolds growing up and I go everywhere. They, they do grow so easily, usually. I don't know why those didn't work. Um, maybe our, our, I don't know. Anyway, we'll try again. Great. Well, we only have about uh, less than five minutes. Is there anything we okay. haven't talked about that you'd like to give advice to people trying to garden out there or trying to start a garden? I think just grow stuff. Just what? Yeah. No, I, uh, if whatever is whatever seems right. Uh, if, if To be honest with you, the only thing that I, I would practice is learning how to stake your vegetables. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because if, if you if you don't stake them, like uh, last year we, we grew this black cherry tomato, <laughs> and uh, I thought I staked it properly, but there was it. I couldn't keep up with the plant, and then it. I I just it it looked like something from a bad Lego thing. It was, just, <laughs> it was you know it was just, and then I had to use other things to hold the, the actual support. It was not okay. It wasn't yeah. pretty. <laughs> you know, it so, worked, but yeah. You know, and then you, you learn that you can manipulate plants a certain way to, you know, you not only stake it well, but you can manipulate the plants around it. And it's not just beans and climbing vegetables that you can choose. Uh, I did, I'm doing it this year with the uh, tomatoes where I have them actually wrapped around the poles so that even though they're growing, the the room that they're taking up is they're taking up a lot less room. Mm -hmm. So right now, if I will let them grow straight up, they they'd easily be over seven foot tall. Right now, I'm keeping them down to about five. Yeah, I mean I that's say, that's um, really important. It's like gardening architecture, right? Building yes. the above ground planters, building <laughs> the trellises, like you guys have been doing but also making sure that your plants are supported so they grow the right way. Is that right? Yes. I mean, and then, so last year we, we had, we had extra tomato plants and I put them in front of uh, what we, our current monstrosity of an elderberry bush. Mm. And that one had the supports on that one was, I thought it was supportive. It was not, it was just, <laughs> there well and that those those black cherry tomatoes just produced so much fruit that the they were so heavy on the ends um that yeah they needed a lot of support uh and ended up making the elderberry grow funny because it was trying to reach out through the, the yeah. big tomato plant so but it, it, i it, i think if anything you know uh the staking uh, i took it lightly and uh <laughs> I, my suggestion is don't <laughs> I, well you it worked out anyway Yes, but because I'm going to give the opposite advice, I would say like I was a, a little bit hesitant at the beginning. Like, okay, I have to follow this idea, or this can't be planted with that. And pretty much, it seems to me that everything will grow if you. I mean, at least, yeah, it's worth trying, right? I mean, if you're not on a super tight budget, it's worth trying. Um, don't worry if things don't seem perfect. Um, try it, and then you can tweak as you go along. I would say, and then learn from that yourself versus is, you know because all the, the videos online and stuff 
Yeah. You guys uh, told me last time you were spending about $100 a month or $100 a week at some point, uh, yeah. getting all your planters prepared and ready to go with all the dirt. There were a lot of costs. Have the costs come down over the second year? Yeah, yes, it's definitely. Significant. Yeah. I, you know, that's all. I think that a lot of that basically initial cost, like I said earlier, we didn't have any dirt. We, we had broken concrete. So by building the raised boxes, we had to fill them with the compost. And then we didn't do it all at once. So that's where the, you know, monthly cost came in. But I, I, it, the monthly cost is significantly lower for maintenance now. You know, mm -hmm. a couple bags of compost that we use uh, or a big bag of uh, planter uh, seed seed soil or fertilizer lately we've been getting stuff for um, to help with infestations but other than that the cost is significantly lower and we we don't need to go every month it's just kind of a just a, NAFCO yeah. is kind of our favorite store <laughs> so um when it's five times point day um we're like okay we're going to nafco see what they got <laughs> yeah, in that case it's just she's just looking for something to buy right that's that's my shopping that and books these days but it, it's kind of nice too at the local garden center because you can see things that they're selling like little sprouts and stuff and you're thinking oh can that grow here like something maybe right, you didn't exactly. think that's how we started yeah. Well, it helps with, you know, because there, there, you have a lot of professional gardeners and, and farms that request, you know, certain things in bulk. So when certain things are in season, it, they let you know that, like, we didn't know at the time it was with garlic or potatoes. I was like, oh, I don't know, you can plant garlic now. I mean, it didn't grow for us, but <laughs> technically it was planting season and it, it was a letdown on that one. Our ginger's doing well. Ginger's doing well. Yeah. But our garlic did not, it did not, did not want to stay. It, so yes, it can be a way to learn, right? To see, okay, they're, they're selling this now. It looks like we should probably be planting it. And if you do go on a regular basis, so you can be like, okay, they had that in the store two months ago and now there are like five plants left. I'm not buying that now because clearly it's at the end of its planting season. Um, my my yeah, favorite my favorite purchase from a garden center was I was feeling a bit hungry and at the moment uh, when I bought it the strawberries in the store in the packet were like 700 800 yen and when I saw uh -huh. in the garden center they had a strawberry plant with strawberries on it for <laughs> 400 yen and I thought that is a bargain buy that plant <laughs> eat those strawberries and then maybe more will come. That was oh, right. that's awesome. How'd that go for you? You have a strawberry plant? Uh, I, I do not. I do not have a strawberry plant anymore. I think it was just those strawberries and it did not survive. But uh, it was cheaper than what was in the store, so it was worth a try. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd say we well, had a lot of... Go ahead. Yeah, we, had go ahead. Week, we had like a three-week period where Flo was getting fresh strawberries for breakfast every day. Mm. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're growing yeah. again. It's, it's coming around again. Yeah. They look beautiful. I'm showing them in the photo. Absolutely <laughs> gorgeous strawberries you got. Thank yeah. You. Well, thank you guys so much. That was wonderful insights about the gardening world. We'll have to have our next catch-up next year on your third okay. year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for having us, Joy. Thanks for everybody else for tuning in. And if anybody is in Japan and wants some seeds or to do seed exchanges, I'd be really into that.
Oh, awesome. Yeah, you can reach out. I'll put the links below. Uh, Flo is very active on Twitter and Instagram. So you can Instagram. Yeah. Instagram is better. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Although Wonderful. Twitter, I'm fine. I'm just not active. I'll, I'll respond. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining today. Thank you, Flo and Blaze. Keep up thank the good you. work. Yeah. And I uh, hope you don't get bitten too much. No, okay, just stay safe. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.